Hello, everyone, and welcome back to True Time. If you live in America, then you've most likely heard of the popular grocery store Trader Joe's. However, what you might not know is that tragedy struck one of these stores just a few years ago. This is the Trader Joe's shooting. everyone how are you all doing this week <laughs> you did that last week too. I, I don't know where to go i do not know where to go from there well you can just answer the question okay <laughs> doing fantastic that's really good yeah yeah just another busy week but overall it was pretty fun yeah i'd say so getting into the groove of all our goals it's doing it's going well yeah it worked out well we were talking about that last night we had a little date night yes date nights are the best yeah so gave us time to sort of relax and talk about how the week was going and everything and mm-hmm. went to a really yummy italian restaurant mm-hmm. italian italian <laughs> and had some delicious pasta yeah it was so good. So good. <laughs> we didn't finish all of our food, and uh, I brought, like, we both brought ours back, and I heated it up later that night, and just so much oil. <laughs> it was like a pool of oil. Yeah. But, but delicious. Delicious. <laughs> but yeah, so we had a good date night, hopefully. Date nights are really fun, or just going out with friends. It's always nice, I think, at the end of the week to kind of relax and do something fun. Yeah. Yeah, I had a final that day, so after that, it was really nice to go out and chill. Yeah. Yeah, you deserved it. No, we deserved it. Oh. <laughs> well, you passed your final, so. Yeah. But uh, I already heard it's about Trader Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> My Avery favorite. is absolutely obsessed with Trader Joe's. I could live there. Yeah, she was literally scrolling through Trader Joe's right now because her mom's going back to America. <laughs> and she was on, I look over, she's already on page like 65, just picking out things or what she wants her mom <laughs> to get her. Yeah, that was actually like a really funny coincidence. Like, I didn't even mean for like the story today to correlate with what I was <laughs> looking at earlier but it works <laughs> yeah i had never heard of this story and it sounds like it was a lot especially to happen at a trader joe's i feel like with the popularity of that store usually even just their items of the week make headlines so yeah. this was a new case for me and it's it's very interesting and lots of ups and downs along the way so if you're ready i'm ready i am ready Okay, so this case begins on July 21st, 2018 in Los Angeles, California. Gene Atkins was 28 years old and lived with his 78-year-old grandmother, Mary Madison. He had been living with her since he was nine years old, so his grandmother essentially had raised him. Gene was considered to be fairly quiet and preferred staying home watching TV, according to his cousin. 
She told NBCLosAngeles.com that he had been in and out of mental health treatment facilities when he was younger and that the passing of his mother had changed him. However, tensions had also begun to rise in the home since Gene had recently lost his job and two cars. According to NBCLosAngeles.com, Gene's first cousin said, quote, The last thing he told me was, the next thing I do, I'm going to die doing it or I'm going to jail. Oh, God, that's not a good statement. No. <laughs> his first act of violence against his grandmother occurred when he slashed her car tires and broke windows in the home. Oh, damn. Yeah. Why would you do it against your grandma who's helping you out? I don't know. I guess it's like when you hurt the people you love the most type of things. I really don't know why he did that. Yeah, that's weird. But this was only the beginning of his dangerous actions. Gene and his grandmother had a big argument, this time about the fact that Gene's girlfriend lived in the home. His girlfriend was 17, so this made her a minor at the time. Because of this, her name had been kept confidential, but an article published by the LA Times in 2019, I have linked in the case sources below, stated that her name was Leah Williams. So how old was he again? He was 28. And she was 17? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's weird. Yeah, I think his grandma had every right to be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't, especially as your grandma likes seeing that. That's just weird yeah. and strange. Mm -hmm. And why are you fighting with your grandma? Yeah. Don't fight with your grandma. Oh, I know. It's sad. But finally, Gene could no longer face his problems. And on a sunny Saturday afternoon, he shot his grandmother oh seven my. times and then shot his girlfriend. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. This escalated very quickly. Yeah. Okay, I thought we were going to go on like a thing, like a few events before something. Okay. Oh, no. Like it, it happened fast. Like at least the series of events that I read, it just, he just broke. And that's what happened. Damn. And his cousin that talked about him, he mm -hmm. didn't live there, right? No, the cousin lived like next door, basically. Okay. But she didn't like live in the home with him and his grandma and girlfriend. Oh, okay. But she I lived see. really close. So she knew everything that was going on. Mm hmm so he carried his girlfriend out to his grandmother's blue Toyota Camry and took off. The multiple gunshots had been heard in the home on East 32nd Street and a neighboring family member called the police so they were dispatched quickly. It didn't take long for the police to track down Gene Atkins and this would turn into a police chase. According to NPR.org, the chase lasted about 15 minutes over nine miles. During the chase, Gene Atkins also fired shots at the police through the back windshield of his car, so this made the pursuit extremely intense and dangerous, according to LATimes.com. Dang, yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. There's police body cam footage of two officers in the car during the chase, and one of them says they have their gun out, and the other replies with, do not shoot. With the way they were weaving through traffic with tons of people around, getting up to speeds of 85 miles per hour, trying to shoot in the situation would have been way too risky. Finally, Gene Atkins crashed his car into a lamppost just about 15 to 20 yards from the entrance of a Trader Joe's in Silver Lake. I just want to say that was pretty smart of the, uh, the cops. like Because in those high intense situations, I feel like sometimes your mind just isn't clear. Oh. 
she's giving me facial yeah. <laughs> expressions like maybe they it's were, not gonna happen yeah you're right for that moment okay, in time that moment. but that's what i was speaking of but yeah okay i guess we'll see <laughs> <laughs> sorry i know it's just you what you were saying like you'll it'll all be revealed you'll see okay so Every shopper in the store suddenly heard this huge crash and became alert since it was loud and no one knew what was going on. As he got out of the car, he began running into Trader Joe's and fired three rounds at the police officers. The two police officers fired back with a total of eight rounds. That's when the shoppers began to panic. People started screaming to get down, some were fleeing, others trying to hide. All along with the screaming and pushing, finally somebody yelled, the gunman is in the store. Everyone was texting or calling their loved ones, thinking this could be the last time they ever get to talk to them. One shopper named Mary Linda Moss, who was located at the front of the store in between two counters, called her daughter, who was in the car. They had been out shopping for the day since Mary Linda's daughter would be starting high school soon and they decided to stop at Trader Joe's so Mary Linda could get a snack since her blood sugar was low. Her daughter didn't have her shoes on so Mary Linda told her daughter to just meet her in there once she was ready. She quickly called her daughter after the assailant was in the store and told her to stay in the car and hide. Lynn Westifer and Arta Jean Bellage were at the back of the store, and while they could not see, they could hear the terror unfolding. This would be a lot of people's worst nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't know where he's at. Like, bullets are just flying. Mm-hmm. That's just so scary. Absolutely. Especially, like, a grocery store. Like, your family's, a lot of the time, your family's with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're just, at least for me personally, when I'm grocery shopping, my mind is so... I'm not on high alert. Like yeah. I am paying attention to food and yeah. reading labels. Like, how many grams of sugar does this yeah, have? Yeah, <laughs> like your brain is turned off essentially. I feel like when you're grocery yeah. shopping. So from one second of just quiet being at Trader Joe's, which is a lot of fun in my opinion, <laughs> to a huge crash and then gunshots and screaming, it's such a turn. Yeah. So Arta was in her 20s and she had texted her mother truly believing she was going to die and this would be the last time she would talk to anyone. Her mother was home in New York watching the live coverage with no control over her daughter's safety. Oh, that's terrible. I feel like that would be so difficult. In the back of the store, 21 people had crammed together into a tiny food prep closet. 22-year-old Corey Page hid in the tiny closet and recalled it being so tight in there that he felt like his knees were almost in his mouth. God. Yeah. There's like some pictures of him inside. They actually all started taking pictures. So I'll have some of those in our social media post. And he took multiple pictures while he was in the closet was my next point. (laughs) And he also texted his mom and his best friend who didn't live very far away. He sent texts that read, Lexi, call the cops. There's a shooter inside. Help. Another said, Lexi, please do something. I'm so scared, and I love you with all my heart. Up at the front of the store, Mary Linda could see the assailant. He had a gun in his right hand, and his left arm was dripping with blood. He had been shot near his elbow, and trails of blood followed him. 
Gene Atkins yelled to everyone, get off your phones or you're going to get killed. He kept his focus towards the front doors, looking to see if police were going to come in after him. That's when he noticed Mary Linda. He immediately yelled at her to come over and massage his hand. With no other choice but to listen, since he was holding a gun, she came over and began massaging his hand. The police had gotten in touch with him through his phone and began calling. They informed him that his grandmother was alive and she had survived the seven shots he had fired at her earlier. Is that for real or were they just using that? No, as that's tactics? for real. Damn. Mm-hmm. It's a strong grandma. Yeah, I know. With the news and the severity of his gunshot wound, Gene Atkins began shaking and going into shock. There were some jackets over by a counter that he noticed, and Mary Linda decided to ask if she could go get him one. As she began to walk over there, she made a devastating discovery. Mary Linda realized there was a woman lying on her stomach behind a counter. She also noticed the woman didn't move or acknowledge that someone was near her. And when she took a closer look, that's when she saw the pool of blood beneath her. Mm. As she made her way back with a jacket, Mary Linda made the brave decision to get this woman help. She calmly told Jean that she saw a woman who looked like she had been shot and needed help. He responded yelling, that was the cops, not me. She just simply asked if they could get her help and he said, okay. A Trader Joe's employee and another shopper carried out the woman who was identified as Melida, but she went by Melly Corrado. She was 27 years old and worked as an assistant store manager at the Trader Joe's. <sighs> That's so sad. Mm-hmm. And the cops are the ones that shot her, right? Because yeah. they were the ones shooting into the store. Mm-hmm. So it was discovered through video surveillance footage that right after she heard the loud crash outside the store, she ran outside to help anyone involved. But sadly, in those few seconds, she ran out. She got caught in between the crossfire and one of the police officer's bullets hit her in the chest. Oh, my. She ran back into the store after being shot, but with all the commotion, no one noticed. Jean Atkins ran in seconds after her. She hid behind the counter and then laid down onto her stomach. Oh, that's so sad. Video footage did not record the moment Melly had been shot, and police body cam footage also did not catch it due to all of the commotion, so they were not aware she had been shot either. Mm-hmm. She was treated on the scene by Los Angeles Fire Department officials, but she was shortly pronounced dead, according to NPR.org. Just because it was probably too long. I yeah, think. and I think the severity being shot in the chest, Yeah, it's dangerous, and it's really sad. Melly was clearly the type to help anyone in need, and it's heartbreaking her kind nature led to her death. Yeah, she literally ran out there while everyone else is like, what the hell? Yeah. To go help someone. Yeah, because it sounded like some type of car crash, yeah. so that's why she went out, and then just seconds later, the gunshots went off. Damn. So shortly after all, all that, the police called Gene and began attempting to negotiate with him to allow everyone to go free. It was also during this phone call that police informed Gene that his girlfriend was still alive and about to head into surgery. Oh, dang. So they found her in the car? Mm -hmm. They pulled her out of the car? Yep. Yeah, once he had crashed the car, police were able to get her out and take her to the hospital immediately. I mean, that's good. Mm -hmm. 
but she had been shot in the head. Oh. The bullet only grazed her forehead, but her wound was so deep that her skull was actually visible, according to latimes.com. Oh, no. Yeah. Just awful. Oh, that sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. So he responded to police that if they could get her on the phone with him, he would turn himself in. And that was it. He started yelling for everyone in the store to come up front. In a single file line with their hands up, 13 of the hostages stood there. It was in this moment that everyone could finally see the scene. Shelves knocked over, carts and personal belongings abandoned, and trails of Gene Atkins blood everywhere. Arto, one of the hostages, recalled it looking like a murder scene, and Jean just sat by a front cash register. This was the first time Arta, Lynn, and some of the other hostages were seeing Jean since they were at the back of the store. Yeah. As they walk up, they see a Trader Joe's employee massaging his hand and Mary Linda rubbing his back. And that was really confusing to all of them since they yeah. can see he's holding a gun and it would take... All it would take is for somebody to just grab it away from him, is what they were thinking. But Lynn recalled being in a hostage situation is paralyzing, and while she had the thought, she just couldn't be the one to do it. Yeah. Mary Linda was giving her all trying to connect with Jean. She told CBS News that she had a troubled childhood and had gotten into drugs and alcohol before becoming sober at 18. She said, quote, over the years, I have been with people who have made bad choices in their life. I have learned how to be present with them without judgment. That allowed me to be present with the assailant in a way that perhaps I wouldn't have been able to be, end quote. With the comfort Mary Linda had provided Jean with, he looked at her and said, quote, you have nothing to do with this. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want anybody to get hurt, end quote. Mary Linda took her hand and put it on his heart and told him she knew he had a good heart and that he didn't want to hurt anybody. He replied back with, you don't know what I did this morning. And without moving her hand, she told him that it didn't matter and he still had a good heart and he didn't want to hurt anyone. Jean then looked at a Trader Joe's employee and told him he could walk out or pick someone else to. The hostages became nervous since all they heard was that he had to pick someone. And in their situation, they thought he was picking someone for Gene to shoot next. The Trader Joe's employee picked a 13-year-old boy, and right before everyone's shock hit, he informed the boy that he was being let go. So he walked out slowly to safety with his hands up. The hostages and Gene waited for that one phone call that would set everyone free but it was starting to feel like it would never come. The hostages at the front of the store with Jean and the ones in the back closet could feel the silence just waiting for the call. But they said it was never truly quiet. Their store music still played, and Lynn recalled one of the songs playing was My Sharia Moore by Stevie Wonder. They all just felt so eerie with lively music playing as the background to what they considered to be their greatest nightmare. Yeah, that seems weird yeah. and terrible. You're just in a grocery store and you just hear all these popular songs coming on and you feel like you don't know what's going to happen next. It would be so weird. Yeah. However, slowly, one by one, the hostages were being allowed to leave. 
There was one female hostage who was about 30 years old and Mary Linda could tell she was terrified and could break down at any second. So she decided to ask Jean if she could be let go. After a few moments, he agreed, but right as soon as she got to the sliding glass doors, he snapped and yelled, stop, do not walk out. As she stood there paralyzed with fear, the doors just kept sliding open and shut. He ordered her to come back, but ultimately she just bolted out. This obviously enraged him and he was no longer in the mood to cooperate. Every hostage also became terrified because they felt that her actions would cause him to just start shooting. Mm -hmm. Instead, he looked at the Trader Joe's employee and ordered him to lock the doors and that no one else was going to be leaving. At this point, there's tons of barricades outside with police cars and the SWAT team. However, across the street set up on the roof of a cheese shop, Gene spotted something. He saw a sniper pointed right at him. Either he called the negotiator or they called him, but on the phone he started yelling, what are you doing? Get that guy down. His anger growing fast, the other hostages were yelling, get him off, afraid that if the sniper didn't move, he would start shooting them. What they couldn't see was that there was actually three snipers up there. Oh, damn. This lasted for five minutes. Finally, Gene said, if you don't get him off the roof, I'm going to shoot somebody. Then his countdown started. Five, four, three, two, Finally, someone had walked over to the sniper and tapped him on his shoulder so he could move away. The hostages were livid. How could they let them get that close to dying, they felt. Mm -hmm. They couldn't believe that the people out there who are supposed to be working towards saving them haven't done anything, so their hopes were almost Why entirely gone. Why didn't the snipers gone. just shoot him? I think just like the shot wasn't clear in those situations. People are probably around him. He's kind of, he has people near him at all times, so I don't think it would have been a clean shot. I guess. In the police's perspective, though, with previous mass shootings, a lot of their actions are quick. But in this case, since it was one man who was clearly struggling mentally, they took things slower in an attempt to talk him down. As more time went on, Mary Linda was on the phone with the police trying to get the call from his girlfriend, when Jean finally said if they threw in a pair of handcuffs, he would put them on as well and turn himself over. His thinking was that if he came out handcuffed, he would be less likely to be shot. He's yeah. clearly afraid to die. Yeah. Finally, the police agreed, and one of the hostages named Mike D'Angelo, who had been helping to get things like alcohol for Jean, walked towards the door so he could get the handcuffs. As he stood there, police and members of the SWAT team started motioning at him to come out, and everyone inside just kept saying no over and over. But luckily, Mike refused to leave without getting the handcuffs so he could help save the others inside. That's good. Gene Atkins warned him not to leave. Just more screaming and begging by the hostages for the handcuffs to be thrown in since Gene said he would go if he got them. Finally, they threw the handcuffs through the doors and Mike grabbed them, coming back over to the group. Why wouldn't they just throw in the handcuffs? Because they're trying to get him out. They think their way to, you know, save the situation is to get as many people out, I guess. I don't know. Bro, they are, 
That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. I know. Let's save this one, dude. Exactly. And not give him the handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> like, and all the hostages are like, That's not negotiating. No. Like, they if just, he runs out, he yeah. could shoot us. They just made a deal with him. Like, yo, we'll give you the handcuffs. Yeah. Come out. Mm -hmm. They're like, come on. Yeah. You don't need handcuffs. Exactly. <laughs> so, luckily, that guy decided that he was not going to leave without them because he didn't want anybody to get shot. Yeah. So once they had the handcuffs, the last step was just for the phone call from his girlfriend. Jean told Mary Linda, it's all over. It doesn't matter what happens to me. I'm in for life. But Mary Linda told him that she knew people in prison who had made lives for themselves and that there was hope. He looked at her and said, I wish I had met you earlier. I just needed somebody to talk to. Shortly after, the phone rang. It was a recorded message of his girlfriend saying over and over, I'm okay, go outside. And this was the last piece Gene needed. Slowly, he began letting more hostages go. Arta saw a mother and her daughter about to leave together, and instinctively, she grabbed the woman's hand. Gene asked if Arta was her daughter, and the mom replied yes. He let Arta and the woman's actual daughter leave together since he believed they were sisters. Shortly after, the mother was let go, and once she was outside, Arta ran to give her the biggest hug. Finally, there were four hostages left, and Mary Linda was one of them. Jean grew nervous, so Mary Linda and the remaining three people agreed to walk out around him so he wouldn't get shot. She helped handcuff him and took the gun away since he trusted her that much. Finally, after three hours, together they all walked out with their hands up and the police and SWAT team took Gene Atkins and he surrendered without any fight. That's so long. Yeah. Three hours. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, <sighs> hours have to feel like years. Yeah, yeah that's I what I'm saying. That's imagine. intense. Like your emotions are so high the whole time. Like mm -hmm. there's no way you have any lowering of like... You're in like hyper focus mode, mm -hmm. like fight or flight, like adrenaline. Yeah. So right after that, like whenever you're finally like you feel safe, I feel like you just crash for like oh, 24 hours. Yeah. Like, you're just going to sleep or something. Like, yeah, I couldn't imagine. It would still take up to 15 minutes for the SWAT team to discover that the other 21 hostages were still hiding in the closet. Oh, God. Because they had no idea. Yeah. yeah. They didn't really know what was going on out there. And they were terrified that if they'd made a sound, like, who could come for them? They thought there were multiple shooters. They were there for, like, three and a half hours. Shoved so. in that closet. Gosh. Yeah. Gene Atkins was charged with over 50 felony counts, including charges of attempted murder, attempted murder of an officer, assault on a police officer with a semi-automatic firearm, kidnapping, fleeing and pursuing an officer's motor vehicle while driving recklessly, grand theft of an automobile, discharge of a firearm with gross negligence, false imprisonment of a hostage, and mayhem, according to LATimes.com. Thing. A lot. Yeah. He was also charged with the murder of Melly Corrado. How was he? 
The police officers were not found guilty because the Los Angeles County District Office announced that the police officers were justified in using self-defense and deadly force to protect themselves and the public, according to NPR.org. They claim that Gene Atkins had set the actions in motion that led to Melly Corrado's death. Gene has claimed that the LAPD planted casings and altered video footage and says he never fired any shots outside of the store. Her family believes it is the LAPD who is at fault, though, and they have filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the LAPD and sued the city for negligence and excessive force, according to LATimes.com. Yeah, that was a... I feel like that's definitely on LAPD. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they fired into an entrance of a store. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, he's doing something insane, Mm -hmm. but you don't just go shooting into a Trader Joe's because of it. Yeah, because he was just firing at them. them. No. Well, I'm not saying like any of the cops. I'm saying he didn't kill any civilians like while in there. He didn't cause any harm to anyone other than at the beginning. But like in that part, there was I don't feel like there was a reason for them to just start firing into a grocery store. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in the moment when Mary Linda came back saying she had found Melly's body and he was like, that was the police, that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Like he knew he didn't shoot anybody. Yeah. So it's just like very interesting. I don't know if I fully believe that they planted casings and yeah, I'm not sure altered body cam footage. I'm sure he maybe fired some shots and you can kind of see it in the body cam footage. But he mostly looks like he's running away and... um yeah, I just, I don't believe that. I know in that moment, and especially I read a lot that mass shootings are quick actions. Like you just fire back, you go in, like there's no second guessing. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was an entrance of a grocery store where people are everywhere. Yeah. And especially since a few minutes earlier, one of the officers said like, do not shoot. This isn't yeah. safe. Yeah, I mean, they're driving down the road, and he says that, but then they get to a grocery Mm -hmm. store, and they're like, bullets, go. Yeah, (laughs) so that's been the controversy, is they were, like he said, do not shoot, and then they they shot, and everything else. The fact that it was the entrance of a store, and Mm -hmm. that it wasn't really truly protecting the public. So her family has filed lawsuits, and they're trying to raise awareness. Yeah. Gene has pleaded not guilty due to insanity, but he was found competent to stand trial. And his pretrial was July 22nd, 2021, but I couldn't find any information about it. However, I did see his deposition was set for January 22nd, 2022. And a deposition is interviewing him for evidence since he was basically a witness. Yeah. And the CBS News article I have linked below has the full interview with the hostages and all of the police body cam footage and surveillance footage if you want to watch that to see it all. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting to look at. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was the Trader Joe's hostage and shooting situation. Yeah, that's insane. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as... like. He wasn't as crazy as I thought he was going to be. Like, I yeah, thought he was going to go into that Trader Joe's and just start, like, doing some crazy stuff. It's a very interesting story. That's why when I read it, there's just so many levels here, like, psychological levels. It's not your typical hostage situation. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. 
Yeah. But yeah, yeah it it's really sad. And I know I watched in that interview that all of the hostages are friends and they get together to, you know, heal and everything like that. That's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Just the odds of them all being together in a grocery store that day and like the bond that they now share. Yeah. It's pretty strong. So it's a very interesting story. I'm not, I tried to find more trial info. I just, there just really wasn't much. So I guess it was it's pretty recent though. It's still, yeah, like it happened in 2018. And I know COVID set back a lot of trial oh, dates. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So I'm sure it's just kind of caught up in that. Yeah. But yeah. So that is, that was a very different, we've never had like a hostage story. Yeah. And I just thought it was a really interesting one. And it happened at a Trader Joe's. So <laughs> I love Trader Joe's, but not when that happens. Yeah. That was, that was a really different story from what we've ever done. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. I really liked how they all like didn't have they were all able to like communicate without words like they just band together and you know like took care of one another didn't abandon each other work towards diffusing the situation instead of Except trying to that fight. one woman oh who decided to yeah, go like, i'm gonna live <laughs> yeah yeah but of course everybody in those situations i mean it's fight or flight you never know yeah but, you don't really consciously make a decision mm-hmm more just your buddy like hey man yeah this is your chance <laughs> yeah but it is really inspiring to hear all of their perspectives and like how it unfolded and how they've overcome it since so yeah very very inspirational for sure yeah Alrighty, so that was our case this week and i think we're ready to do our question of the day okay so the question of the day is, what is your dream job? Well, <laughs> I have so many ideas, but ultimately, I think being able to podcast would be my dream job. Mm -hmm. I really love doing the true crime podcasts because they're very interesting. We learn a lot. But I'd also like to do more lifestyle content as well. So maybe even having a whole podcast like platform would be interesting. But yeah, something along those lines, sharing information. I like talking into this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what about you, Dylan? What's your dream job? I would say just having my own company. Whether, I mean, I mean, not whether, but it will be probably in the IT space mm -hmm. and just growing that because I don't know. I like to have control over those things. I like, <laughs> uh, I think it's really fun. I have a lot of family members who have their own businesses and yeah. you're definitely living a lot different lifestyle. A lot more, uh, I would say it's not for everyone, but it's a lot more fulfilling to certain people i agree so i'd say for me it's that's something on uh my list to do could you imagine if we both had our own businesses yes i could <laughs> wow so inspirational <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Yeah, it is definitely something I never thought that I would be interested in, but basically True Time has become a slight business now mm-hmm. and actually really enjoy it all. So it's very cool to see how you can grow over the years and just kind of taking some of your interests and putting them all together can lead you down a totally different path. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You just have to take that chance sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more work as oh, you've yeah. seen. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be willing to work that nine to five and then come home and work that other nine to five yeah. and then dedicate time and passion. And yeah. So, yeah, there's always a very big, importance in really loving what you do and that if you don't it is not too late to change your mind or try something else yeah it's it's really is never too late so that's what we're gonna leave you with we hope we inspired you to go (laughs) crush this week let us know what your guys's answer is yeah on our platforms uh true time is on instagram facebook tiktok at true time podcast and then Avery's personal accounts are at Avery E. Hamill. And that's on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Oh, you don't really use the Facebook, so yeah. Instagram and TikTok mostly. Yeah, that's where I would say yeah. I'd be more active. Yeah. But yeah, so we hope you all have a wonderful, safe week. And we will be talking to you guys on Valentine's Day. Yes. Be ready be for a Valentine's Day true crime case. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone.